Mahadev Sharma joining us right now. I'm assuming from the GM meetings, uh, writes for The Athletic, covers the Cubs, looks nice and sunny out there. Sadev, appreciate the time <laughs> and great work on covering the insane story of Craig Council's move over from the Brewers to the Cubs. Um, I read the article late last night. Let's just start off with your thoughts when you first saw that news, knowing that you've covered this team for a while and not thinking that David Ross was going to be out of the position. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of the more shocking things that's happened while I've covered this team. Uh, you know, Joe Madden's hiring. There was a couple weeks, uh, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, leading up to that where there were rumors. So that didn't come as a shock. The Jose Quintana trade, that kind of came out of nowhere. But there were there was a little bit of leaking on that as well. This, I don't think anybody saw this coming outside of a very small group with the Cubs front office and Greg Council because this, uh, yeah, this blindsided a lot of people. Not just uh, you know, not just David Ross, but throughout the industry. Uh, I I understand the move. I think Craig Council is arguably the best manager in baseball. Terry Francona is retired. Bruce Bochy has another World Series championship. And then you talk about Craig Council right there with, with them. So it, it's, uh, I, I understand this in, in a purely baseball sense, but it, it's, it's it, you know, the, the human side of it, uh, it, it feels a little, it, it, it doesn't feel great, right? This is a guy that was handpicked to replace Joe Madden. Uh, a lot of talk at the time was the Cubs wanted to maximize their roster, kind of like the Brewers do kind of like Craig Council does, and they believe David Ross was that man. Now they have Craig Council doing exactly that for them. Uh, it's it, 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 I'm fascinated to see where it goes from here because this isn't a perfect roster, but certainly they have uh, one of the best managers to lead the group. Well, that was going to be my question because yesterday I brought it up when we heard this news. I played for Counts, and I know him really well, and I've watched Cubs moves kind of like, ah, yeah, we'll, we'll – put a little money here, a little money there. Does this move mean that the Cubs are going to continue to just kind of dabble? Or does this mean the Cubs are going to be like, hey, we got the manager, we're going all in, see us in the World Series? Uh, how about uh, a little of both? No, no, <laughs> I, no, I, I no. don't. <laughs> <laughs> so Jed Hoyer is not the uh, not the type of executive that I see just blowing everyone away. They're not going to have a Texas Rangers offseason. I'd be a little surprised if they do. Uh, but they also know Jed Hoyer knows this is a flawed roster. Uh, he can he can tout the farm system all he wants. Where is he going to get his middle of the order bat from the farm system for twenty twenty four? Maybe that happens by 25 or 26. Maybe maybe someone like Kevin Alcantara develops into that middle of the order bat. You really want to rely on that in 2024 and say you can compete? I, I think that's a stretch. So they, they have to find a way to get a middle of the order bat. Is that bringing back Cody Bellinger? Is that trading for Pete Alonso, Juan Soto? Is there a name out there that, that we're not so sure about that's on the trade market? And, of course, the big name, Shohei Otani. Is he willing to win that? bidding war i'd be surprised but i'm not gonna say they're not gonna try for those guys they're gonna be in on bellinger they're gonna be in on otani they're gonna be in on the pitchers uh for the most part there's a lot of things they can do and they have financial flexibility they can be the trade market is going to be really interesting for them because they have a deep farm system so yeah i think they're going to be active i just don't i don't see them being the team where they're like by the end of the offseason you're like clear off-season winners and where they blew everyone out of the water and got two, three massive free agents. 
uh, Jed Hoyer likes to talk about intelligent spending. I think he's going to try and stick to that while also being a little aggressive at times and trying to find the right spot to to add the right pieces. Bullpen, middle of the order, order bat, and with Stroman opting out, they, they need another, uh, they'd like to add another starter at minimum depth there. So does that mean that they didn't like David Ross? Does that mean that there was something? I mean, was David Ross a place filler until they got a better manager? I mean, if they're saying Council's a better manager, is he going to, you know, are they going to put anything around him or is it going to be the same exact thing? And why not just keep David Ross then? I, I think the, the answer to that is they felt uh, they liked David Ross. They believed in David Ross but they felt this was a clear upgrade. Uh, they felt that uh, when you look around the baseball landscape, who's the best manager, they identified Craig Council as that guy. And the fact that he was available, the fact that there was one year left on uh, David Ross's deal with an option, uh, they felt that this was the time. This was, 2024 was kind of be a make or break year for David Ross. So if they ended 2024 and they're like, he's not our guy, they would have felt like they missed an opportunity with uh, Craig Council having been a free agent the previous year. So they pounced on this opportunity. Uh, like I said before, you know, it's the business side of baseball. Uh, this was their handpicked guy in David Ross, uh, but they, they, they love Craig Council. They believe he's the best at what he does. He handles the in-game stuff. He handles the media well. Uh, and he handles the clubhouse. He does all three aspects that you're really looking for. And, and he's going to work hand-in-hand in, hand in front office. Let's be real. In today's game, the the manager works hand-in-hand hand with the front office, right? You can't have a guy that, that's just doing everything on his own and doesn't take feedback. Craig Council is willing to take feedback, but they also trust him to handle those in-game situations and, and really execute in the right way. And, and tough times come around. He know, they, know, they trust that he can keep the clubhouse together. And he, and he knows how to speak to people like me uh, when, when we're pressing before or after a game. Like, why did you do that? Why did you do this? He can handle us and, 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 and make sure he doesn't uh, make anyone look foolish. Does Chicago feel like they overpaid for a position that maybe they felt like they had a good manager? The fan base, do they feel that way? Yeah, I, I think there's some mixed uh, feelings there. Uh, you know, do you pay this much for a manager is a, is a completely fair question. I, I think the answer is, does it keep you Does it keep you from spending on free agents? Does it keep you from spending on the roster? If that's the case, if you're if it's going to limit how you add to the roster, then I think that then you have to really question the move. If it if it's a signifier that hey. Not only are we going to spend big on the manager, but we'll spend big on the roster too. Uh, then, then you don't worry about how much you're spending on the manager because it doesn't impact the actual payroll, right? It, it's not, it's not going to push push them over the luxury tax or anything like that. Are there any other non-player? Because I'm going to get to, you're going to have to sell the case for Shohei Otani after you answer this question. Are there any other non-player things that the Cubs are looking to do? Obviously, we didn't see this happening. But is there something like, is there another non-player issue that we have to address as Cubs fans? As far beyond adding to the roster, they need to figure out how they're going to move on with Craig Breslow leaving for, for the Red Sox. I think there'll be some internal promotions. Uh, they will look outside the organization. I'm not sure if Jed Hoyer is going to rush to fill the front office with an external hire. Uh, the coaching staff needs to be finalized. A lot of these guys are already under contract. So 
Uh, I think the feeling is many of them will return, but how many of them are going to feel loyal to David Ross and not want to be a part of Greg Council's uh, staff? That that's up in the air. We'll we'll find out in the next week or so. In all likelihood, is Pat Murphy going to stay in Milwaukee and be the manager there, or is he coming to Chicago? If he does come to Chicago, what does that mean for Andy Green? Uh, those are the non-roster questions right now lingering for this team. I know you're not a Milwaukee apologist, but as a ex-Milwaukee player, how do you how do you console Milwaukee fans who are who have lost their golden child, the the bat boy to player to manager that takes them from one game from the World Series? How do you console that organization? as a organization in the Cubs who didn't win for 116 years. Yeah, no, that's, I, I don't know that that's tough to see a manager that is clearly highly valued leave for your chief rival. How do you console that group? I, I think the only way you can do it is say, Hey, you're division winners. You, you guys that are the ones that have consistently made the playoffs. Uh, if you want to look at the great Cubs team from 2016 and and the downfall of that group, a lot of it had to do with the Milwaukee Brewers taking the division in 2018, uh, taking the division again, or I, I believe they had a great September in 2019, another another month when the Cubs collapsed, similar to this past September. So, I mean, the Brewers have been a more consistently winning organization over the past five years since that World Series that the Cubs won. The Brewers have ascended while the Cubs have kind of gone down. So, yeah, it, it, it's hard to console them when, when you know, your chief rival takes a great manager from you. You finally find this guy that you think is a part of the community and a part and like part of the future. And he, and he kind of takes them to heights that they really haven't been to, uh, at least in the recent past, and, and leaves for the Cubs. That stings. I, I can't imagine the feeling for the fans there. And, and I know... Uh, ownership wasn't thrilled, and, and people aren't happy in Milwaukee. Uh, but, you know, the, all you can do is play it out on the field. If they beat the Cubs on the field, none of it matters, right? Yeah, basically, this is what the Brewers look like while you were talking. They were down crying, and then he went, <laughs> okay, okay. Ah, he's done talking again, and they started crying. All right, now, this is, this is going to be something you are first contestant on – a bit we want to call Make a Case for Shohei Otani. For the Cubs to <laughs> sign, the, in my opinion, should have been the player's choice, player of the year. Yes, I know he's not going to pitch next year. Yes, there's concerns behind the second Tommy John recovery. But make a case for the Cubs to sign Shohei Otani. I mean, huge market. Uh, already, they, they obviously need a power bat with Cody Bellinger hitting the free agent market. Uh, they, they could really use that bat in 2024, and they're going to need more pitching beyond 2024. So they'll happily wait for him to, to get right. They have enough pitching depth for for next season that they can be patient. Uh, he he considered the Cubs, even though it seemed like he was focused on the West Coast. He considered the Cubs when he first came stateside. I, I mean, the Cubs, great fan base, great ballpark long history uh, you know i i think the case is, is pretty easy to make outside of does he is this a team that's going to win right away it, 
does he believe that? Uh, I think that's probably where you have to really push him, really sell him on the fact that there's a lot of young talent with a solid core with Dansby Swanson, Nico Horner, Ian Happ, uh, Justin Steele, Seiya Suzuki. There's there's talent here. Uh, they need a superstar. And and I, who's, who better than Shohei Otani? Is there enough of a farm system? Is there enough of a farm system? for? Because he's looking, he's looking, Shohei's looking for 10 to 15-year contract. Yeah, it, yeah. Their their farm system is ranked pretty much top five by most by most publications. Some of them have them top three. Uh, the question probably that most people have is what type of impact talent do they have at the top of the farm? Pete Armstrong, Cade Horton are pretty uh, pretty consistently top twenty five, top thirty guys now. Then you look at upside guys like Kevin Alcantara, uh, Matt Shaw was drafted last uh, this past summer and just tore apart the minors. There's some really interesting talent. Owen Casey hits mammoth home runs, some of the best exit velocity in the minor leagues. Uh, it, as far as I, when we talk about prospects, it's it's all questions for me. Until you come up and prove it, it's really hard to know. There's very few Julio Rodriguez's that come up right away and just become MVP candidates. Not sure if the Cubs have that guy, but they have plenty of talent and they, they can, at minimum, they can use these guys to add current talent that you know can impact the team. Uh, I believe that a guy like Pete Armstrong or Kate Horton, they're not going to trade those guys. They want them to be a part of the future, and maybe even the present in 2024. All right, well, this one's directed directly to you. Shohei Otani just texted me, and he said, is the media going to ask me a lot of questions? Because when I was in Anaheim, <laughs> I never really had to do much. <laughs> I, I'd like to ask him plenty of questions. If he if he's unwilling to chat, then hey, I, I get it. But uh, I'm going to try and do my job and and talk to these guys as much as I can. Uh, hopefully, as a good translator that that that's willing to chat me up. <laughs> do you think that Do you think that will turn some teams away? The fact that Chicago is a large market, the fact that L.A. is a large market, that you know the Dodgers. I wouldn't say Anaheim's is you know the same type of market. Philly, New York, his lack of connection to the media is his lack of you know being accessible do you think that's going to turn some teams away or is that just going to be something that they'll they'll cross that bridge when they get there yeah i'm not sure if a front office will will consider that and frankly when when guys i a lot of boston people have come to chicago right and they tell us that they, they prefer Chicago media to Boston media because because we're not as harsh as the Boston media. I don't know if that's a compliment or not. I, I, maybe maybe we should be harsher. Uh, so uh, yeah, is it, it obviously would love if, if guys are accessible and want to talk all the time, but it, it isn't the type of media market that's going to bang down his door and, and demand that he speaks uh, at all times. Uh, you know, guys guys get to pick and choose when they when they speak and, and if that's his choice to, to limit it to days when he pitches you know that's uh, that that's his choice and that's his prerogative we're not we're, we can't force a guy to, to come chat with us <laughs>